So this week I took two pictures that I think are both pretty compelling, but I want to know which you think we're going to spend half the show on. So I'm allowed to open your links now? You are. Okay. You lied to me, Carlos. But we'll, 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 we'll get to that. I didn't lie, but for the sake of the show, I'm not going to spoil <laughs> the show before the show even happens, because as some other podcast said, what's in the show is in the show. So Right. Um, so are these, can these both go in the notes or are we going to have to do theater of the mind here? How's this going to work? Oh, no, it can go in the notes. You can describe it slightly, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we have enough listeners to cost me a lot on AWS when people look at this. (laughs) Uh, the, the first picture, the one that I presume we're not going to spend as much time talking about is, is beautiful. Like I, is this like one of the best photos you think you've ever taken? It's got to be up there, right? No, those are mostly Branson. And just generic dogs. Well, I, maybe I'll rephrase this. Best landscape photo. Maybe. This is, it, it's really good. Oh, thanks, bud. But we're not, we're not going to talk about this one. But that's, that's uh, again, I needed a foil to um, what we're actually going to talk about. Although Yosemite is, is, is extremely underrated. I feel like Northern California people don't get down there enough. But yeah, it's pretty great. Especially at sunrise. But the other one. So I was down in Southern California this weekend. and. In terms of particular relevance to this show, Southern California is most notable right now as being a. Uh, it's not. It's, it's not the Lakers. It's not the, um, center of the streaming media wars. It is actually that it's a spindrift spiked test market, uh, along with New England. So, yeah, I had to try a few stores to find it. It was not at the pavilions in Newport Beach, but it was available at a Trader Joe's, mm. and. Oddly enough, oh, actually, did I? I didn't think I uploaded this one, and we're still on the free tier of Slack, so I don't want to put a ten megabyte file on there. <laughs> it's it's so expensive. If I were to buy a license, I don't want to pay sixteen dollars a month for it. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, it comes in a twelve pack. It does not come in anything different. It comes like you know the 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 three towns cider house where it's got the variety pack, right. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big commitment, and I I was so excited to have seen it that I picked up two of them and did not pay attention to the price. And Trader Joe's is not a a store where you generally look at the prices of stuff because it's all fairly reasonable. Twenty four bucks for a twelve pack each of the of the of the spindrift spiked. No, no, of the spindrift spiked. These are these are eight packs in the. Oh wait 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 okay I. Okay, I see this photo now. You've got spiked me... spindrift in front of regular spindrift. Oh, so yeah, oh, that is the, that is the context. Oh, sorry, that's a picture of my fridge. And there's four eight packs of uh, non-alcoholic spindrift. Yeah, okay, and that's, that's what they're... was throwing me there. Let me actually, I'll do this at a small file size and then dump this into Slack because I do think the packaging is. Um, somewhat notable um how does this work uh computers all right how do they Uh, work yeah i know i should be using an ipad for this yeah real computer yeah so it comes in uh, a 12 pack uh 12 ounce cans and the variety pack that you get so one there's going to be um some of these are going to be saved for you because some of these are will not get consumed 
I think for obvious reasons. So it comes in, uh, you get three pineapple, three mango, three lime, and three half and half. It's the cleaner twist on hard seltzer, a phrase I really, really don't like. So I, I um, so when I went the, the photo, which will be in the notes, which shows the four spiked flavors, mm-hmm. my first thought was like, wow, you, you really went for this. You bought all four flavors thinking that you had to buy them individually but the well, here, variety pack explains it i was entirely mentally prepared to spend money on pineapple even though i know i'd hate it like yeah. I, I was i was expecting to for this to be for the show a, a three towns situation where you buy like your easy squeezy and your um um your cosmic crisp and that kind of stuff yeah so. yeah well it, it, it's a business expense and i i, I I assume you run the SAP or the Concur app so that I can, <laughs> in, I can, this comes out of your pocket. So yeah, we'll, we'll get that set up. Yeah. The company checkbook. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Uh, where's my, where's my Brex card or whatever it's called. <laughs> if I can start up that has all the billboards. Um, so I have, I have a, I have two to my side, uh, for, for a live taste test. I've tried two of the other ones. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Give me some good news here. There's not a lot of good news. Mm. Um, yeah, most we we talked about this, right? Most well, so most I guess that, that's my question. Because so, beverages are bad. <laughs> because I have no context here. You are a fancy party pers- a person, so you are it, very it, right. Mm-hmm. You're well, but, but I mean, but it being it's honest, Mister Fancy Party Person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're you know you you and and Mike Hurley with his like you. you <laughs> He's got his uh, gold phone that he's right. very, very in love with, and uh, and and you you like uh, you like to, to party with the white claw sometimes. Sure, and the Mike's hard lemon, uh, Mike's hard lemonade. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not not above it. So peas in a pod. Um, yeah. So the the good the good. Um, I've tr- I've currently I've tried. Well, actually, no, I've tried three of them. Um, the lime one is drinkable <laughs> okay it's fine how would you describe how white claw tastes because because again i i guess my point is i have no frame of reference for how this should taste i just know that i enjoy wine and other and and harder liquors and i also enjoy spindrift and i guess there is not the the merging of those flavors is not really what i would have anticipated or necessarily am game for so, so I think what, what does White Claw taste like? So I think we've talked about this on the show too. Um, like the best way I can describe White Claw is describing sort of these hard seltzers in general, which is I feel like they fall into one of two main buckets. There's the bucket that includes White Claw, where they're not overly artificial tasting, and there's sort of like a spectrum as to like how good any particular um seltzer might be in that category but at least they're not you know overly chemically tasting and then the other bucket is just you know a a seltzer that you just feel like you're drinking like pine salt or something where it's just it's (laughs) it's just you know a very like chemically kind of taste so for me that's really what white claws got going for it is that it's 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 pretty subtle like the flavor is not yeah it's subtle and it's you know, at least as these things go, it's relatively like natural tasting. I mean, that all one, well, a couple of things. One that that all sounds well and good, but also, 
Uh, I know you're, you're using that as a joke, but well, actually, I'm not sure I want to say this, but like n- nobody's ever drank Pinesol, but Pinesol actually has a very <laughs> pleasing scent in terms of what household cleaners smell like, but that's that's uh, neither here nor there. But So I guess I, I, I use the Pinesol reference more to like, it is a pleasant smell, but it but it's a very like chemically smell. Well, yeah, le- uh, lemon uh, lemon fresh does not necessarily, yeah, a, a good lemon chicken and pine salt do not smell the same. Right, exactly. And we have a show title, really. Um, so when you've discussed bubbly and and other things, and and mentioned that they taste artificial. I don't know if if that's how I describe this, but like it has the lime one, which we'll we'll do a live taste test of of mango in a second. But the lime one tastes least bad. <laughs> it tastes good ish, but it just the finish is not great. Like on, on the side of the pack it says that it's or on the ingredients it says the alcohol content is derived from fermented sugar and i don't know if maybe that's what i'm tasting but it's it's just yeah it's not it's not great and unfortunately so the pineapple one which i tried last night it's bad but it's bad because it tastes like pineapple not because of anything else whereas the the half and half it's really gross Mm. And pineapple or, and, and and half and half spindrift is amazing. So I don't know. The aftertaste is where a lot of these seltzers go wrong. So I, I, well, I kind of I see what you're saying. So does do you would you say that White Claw also has an aftertaste? Like where after the initial flavor, it it kind of tastes a little funky. No, not really, and that's why mm. it's one of the better ones yeah like everything about white claw is is pretty again to use the same words it's subtle there's just there's not it's not trying to do too much a lot of these hard seltzers are trying to do too much i think well and that's what i would say this doesn't none of these flavors are trying to do too much and that's in the initial taste is not it's very muted like it doesn't taste like you're drinking a red bull at somebody like 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 red bull has a very very actually kind of like sugar-free red bull uh don't at me but mm-hmm. all other no, me too. Mm-hmm. but that very much has an extremely chemically smell and also kind of taste i just happen to kind of like it um yeah this mango one is hmm this one actually doesn't taste like anything, so it tastes the least bad. I don't know. <laughs> Here's the problem. I would re- I would rebuy a pack that was just lime. But at one, it's not available in Northern California. And it's currently, to my knowledge, only available in this 12-pack situation. Um, I'm gonna I like I I I'm going to say just because also here's the other problem. I bought two of them. Well, so I was okay. So I, I'm I'm actually going to um, one of the Spindrift um, test markets this weekend. It's it's not not the one on the East Coast. Um, oh, and I was. Shit. <laughs> are you really going to go through the TSA and be like, yes, these are these are my Spindrift spiked? <laughs> 
Right. I, I don't think global entry passes. I think they're still going to scrutinize that. Probably. Um, you have to check yeah. for spin drift. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going, I'm going to Orange County this weekend, but I, I was going to ask if I should look to buy a pack of these, but it sounds no. like the answer is no. <laughs> I, you have one. Well, it depends on if I crack, if I open, if, if somehow my opinion changes on this, but there is a standing offer where I can just leave. I can, I'll either give you an August code or you can, um, while I'm at work, or you can just, I'll leave it on the porch and you can pick up um, a Ziploc bag with four of these. But okay. like, I, I, mm, okay. It's, I, this was a bummer. Yeah. I, so... I really wanted the half and half to be amazing because I feel like the half and half already, it's like, it's, it's certain, like, it, it doesn't taste like an Arnold Palmer. Wait, well, no, an Arnold Palmer is iced tea and lemonade, right? Yes. Well, I mean, actually, that kind of is what it. Well, oh, uh, well, no, lemonade like that's got more sugar in it. But like the the half and half spindrift, I think it tastes really, really good. And I know you hate it, but mm, yeah, well, anything with tea is gross. I mean, tea is gross, but uh, but like an Arnold Palmer is like I whenever I'm at like back when you, people used to do in person dining, like that was my favorite thing to do at homeroom is you get you get yourself um some Teresa mac and cheese and you get yourself an Arnold Palmer and you finish it off with a homemade Oreo and it, you just have a great time in Oakland. But uh, the half and half spindrift is great, but this one was so not good. It it tasted like 60% like half and half and then just has like, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's something about me where I, I always get excited to try weird new like drinks and foods of any kind not even necessarily like alcoholic stuff although that's that's fun but like any kind of like weird soda or novelty food or anything like that like i'm i'm always excited to to try that stuff and i'll in some cases you know sort of even go out of my way Mm -hmm. to to seek stuff like that out but you know i mean this is a safe place right carlos i can Mm -hmm. be honest here like 95 percent of the time like novelty stuff like this is just it's bad and disappointing (laughs) yes so a couple of follow-up points on that so i would say that like because i am that way about potato chips in particular and also snack foods like back when um in the heyday i think this was like 2016 to 2019 lays was doing that do us a flavor thing right and i would try all of those and i remember (laughs) the apps the two worst ones were um west coast truffle fries and uh street tacos <laughs> i don't know what i was expecting but both of those were the worst but so many of them are good like i still enjoy any opportunity i have to get the um the the channing tatum or the the jason tatum chips the ones that are the um the flame and hot barbecue ruffles those like like i know it's a different uh company but yeah it's I, I am very much into the novelty feel. Like I'm not going to go to like a restaurant that is their specialty is making like like I'm not going to buy ever like even if I did like Las Vegas like I'm never going to a Guy Fieri restaurant where I'm going to order trash can nachos. Mm-hmm. Like there is no like win in Rome situation for me in that sense. I don't know, but yeah, I'm not that way with beverages, but with with snack foods, I definitely am. Like I guess like so. What what's another example of a uh, of a of a gimmicky drink you've had alcoholic or non-alcoholic um well i mean i i've i've cut back on it a lot 
recently. Um, the last year has been more about trying weird beers, I guess. Like and, weird, and just, like would everybody call them weird, or they're just oh, not yeah. your usual thing? No, like everybody would call them weird. Um, like weirder than coffee beer. Definitely, yeah. Hmm. Um, when I was in San Diego in the spring, I bought a can of this beer that had what was it? It was like honey and I don't even know what it was. I could I could try looking it up on. I've recommended that app Untapped, right? I think you have. This is like the only beer I've ever given a one to. <laughs> um, if I'm, I have I have it open here. Is un is Untapped? Um, is there a wine equivalent, or does it also accommodate wine? Uh, it, it no, there's not a. I, well, I'm sure there is a wine equivalent, but this there's, only. There's something called the Vino. Yeah. Okay. I think that's um, what I'm thinking of. Okay. Wait. So deselect all. One apply. That's a very good app. Um, so yeah, it's a. It was a stout that had honey, cocoa nibs, and vanilla. Ugh. And like even I was on even, I was on board until the to the vanilla. I feel like that's doing too much. Yeah. It, um. It was just. It was bad. I. I very rarely. Well, actually, no, that's not as true anymore. I, I am a little bit more willing to do this now because, you know, I'm not going to just drink. I'm not going to drink alcohol unless I really enjoy it. So if there's something I really don't like. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm gonna... sorry. Was, it, was there a period where you that was not the case? Well, there was probably a period when I was younger where, where it was like, well, oh, geez, there's... like I've I've spent, you know, eight bucks on this beer. <laughs> you know, God damn it. I'm going to drink it. Where are you getting eight dollar beers from? Uh, <laughs> you moved to Denver? <laughs> um yeah um and santa barbara in college i assume there was maybe a place where you can get um a shoe of pbr and and that was eight dollars <laughs> um but now it's like you know if, if something's gross like that i'm just i'm not going to finish it and yeah that one couple sips and that that thing was done mm. so yeah, i've had some i've had some duds i had a um before you move on uh, a stout is a stout like a guinness is like that the really thick beer it's a it's a really dark beer, but like is it consist the consistency thicker or not? Am not I, am I just thinking about like the foamy no. part? You're just thinking about kind of Guinness specifically. Okay, okay. Um, I had a barrel aged. I think it was also a stout from modern times in Oakland, and it was like a PB and J flavor, and that that was not that was not Ew. pretty good either. Gross. So I, I've, like, I've been sorry, did you did beer. you have high expectations? Oh no 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 no! That was very much like I was there, and you know, it very much you know kind of scratched that novelty itch that I have. But no, I didn't expect it to actually be good, and it was not. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I know you're much more of a beer person, but like no, no non sour beer has ever like the only like gimmicky one I've ever had. Like, and this was someplace in Oregon was um like there was a good coffee beer but it was also very very much like n not coffee i don't know like it, it was that that was like there was like hints of that but it was not most other thing i feel like if anything like if something is supposed to taste like a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like that's i think like somebody's you're you're, you're asking to not have a good time <laughs>
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'll i probably never be totally dissuaded to try novelty foods and drinks, but well, the, also- the, tr- the truth is that most of the time they're disappointing. Yeah, but also, but and 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 no shade here, but you're you kind of not you kind of unironically are, are didn't you weren't you a cranberita fan or was that mostly in jest? Oh no, that was that was a real thing. Those the Rita drinks were were good. Uh, the Rita drinks. The the, um, the the original lime Rita was good. The 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 mango flavor in that was actually excellent. That was one of the better ones. Uh, do they still? They must still make. I'm those. sure oh, they actually. Do. So also, um, some real time follow up here. A, a quick Google search seems to indicate that the "Do Us a Flavor" campaign is is no longer a thing. It is not. No, yeah. I, I always I keep looking. Ruffles will like. I, I'm kind of off of the mainstream potato chips because I'm trying to to cut back. But um, like, <laughs> well, I I'm, I'm I'm laughing at something else. Finish, oh, okay. finish your thought. Um. Like, but yeah, Ruffles is doing more of the uh, adventurous flavors. Kettle chips will do adventurous flavors, but not quite as out there. But yeah, Lay's has gone back to their their standards. They're no longer doing the wacky, like, this is supposed to taste like chicken and waffles or whatever, whatever. So so you're not going to believe me, but this really is the truth. When I refer to the lime Rita and, and its other flavors as the Rita's. I, I just thought I kind of just made that up on the spot. I don't. E- ev- evidently there was a sort of like rebranding of these oh, at no. some point, And they're literally called Rita's, which I don't know if I've maybe have seen that and subconsciously remembered it just now, but like the, the logo on the can and stuff is is totally different than I remember it. So I, I, I guess I'm just I'm in sync with these things. I guess I don't want this in my browsing history. Will will the, <laughs> will the call drop if I connect to a VPN right now? So uh, probably age is just a number unless you're under the legal drinking age. Hashtag have a Rita. So my <laughs> age, of course, is January first, nineteen hundred. The case is it's not too far off. Do you? I would. What, what do you do? I was like, you're not actually putting your actual age whenever that. I happens. just no. I just. I just usually just pick a random date. Um. S- strawberry. That doesn't make actually make sense. No, you can't think about any of these too hard. Also, I. I did. Hmm, I guess that does make sense. So these are allegedly sparkling margaritas. Right. I did not put that together. Oh. What the Rita was? I thought it, like because I always thought it was really really stupid that it was because i thought it was always brr like hey this product is cold rita i feel like that might have been the way that they had previously marketed it marketed i think it. it i think it was yeah yeah what is so i'm I'm here i'm clicking on shop rita's what the fuck is gopuff <laughs> yeah i couldn't tell you um and i think drizzly got bought by uber which means that they're canceled oh um, did they i did not i think so yeah, I don't know what Go a GoPuff is is pretending I'm in. Yeah, I'm DC. not gonna. I'm not gonna click on that. Okay, it it is not a, a problematic site as far as oh, I can okay. tell. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's a social responsibility section of theritas.com. Command W. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Anyway, and it's around this out. Uh, Spindrift spiked. 
it was a, it was it was, it was a huge letdown. Um, yeah, it's too it, bad. Ranking them, Lime was the best. Oddly enough, pineapple is number two because it mostly just tasted like pineapple, which I don't like, but at least it tasted like what it was supposed to taste like. And then mango. And then disappointment of the century. Half and half. Spiked. I feel like that's probably colored by your expectations. It wasn't that high. Like I kept I kept it very low because also I didn't think I was going to like these that much just because it, it's 4% alcohol by volume where like I my opinion and I think we've covered this in the past like I would just drink non-alcoholic spindrift like that that's that's not enough to sway my choice of beverage like I, I wouldn't like I'm not sure what you're getting with that where you wouldn't just get like have a entirely clean non-alcoholic beverage the juice isn't worth the squeeze as you would say i don't care for that at all (laughs) (laughs) that is not going in the show titles even though you're you're angling pretty hard for that um yeah no just when you come home from work have have yourself two standard non-alcoholic spindrifts and then maybe have yourself a bottle uh, a bottle jesus (laughs) um a conservative (laughs) glass of wine jesus You know what I meant. All right. Uh, do you have anything else or follow up? I uh, know. I think I think we covered the the spinder stuff. I'm I'm glad that you finally got to try these. Yeah, I was worried it was going to be out of stock because yeah, there um there were like fifty, like literally fifty different uh like white claw knockoffs at pavilions, but there was no spindrift. Um, but yeah, luckily it was at Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, I was at a tar- yeah, I was at a Target, the the one in um, Santa Barbara last month. Oh, they finally got one. They finally got one. Yeah, is that they the replaced one on Alster, the, or is that the one? Yeah, yeah, they, that, they that replaced bootleg. the Kmart. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's 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 really nice. I remember arriving at college and wondering, Kmart still exists, and yes, it does, next to a Rusty's Pizza Parlor. You know the the kids at UCSB don't know how good they have it now. Like in that little <laughs> like Hollister area there, you've got a Target now. There's a Home Goods now, which didn't <gasps> didn't used to be there. I know. Oh my god! I'll, all the these Elk, Isla Vista houses are not right. like just being stocked with like shit from Craigslist. Like people are at yeah. like, oh, Home Goods is so vital to pretending you're an adult. I, I and know. I mean that affectionately. That's awesome. I know. I. I was walking around there last month and was just like, man, where, where was all this stuff? Is there, are there still the staples of the, or <laughs> staples? There is actually a staples there, um, of, uh, Best Buy and Costco and the, those the are, movie theater. those are still there. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got a, uh, this, this is a deep cut, uh, blenders in the grass, which they is do. Mm-hmm. a, um, like a, a home, a hometown, uh, Jamba juice, but better. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Downtown um, is still a, a little, iffy or very very um uh deserted a lot of a lot of empty space but i do really like the that state streets closed to traffic that's really nice yeah um what what were we going to talk about uh target oh um the that this target in santa barbara um first time i've actually been inside of a target in a little while because we've really been doing the the drive up thing a lot Mm -hmm. The plethora of different 
weird alcoholic beverages is um it's it's intense like the the the, um whole like alcoholic otter pop thing that seems like it's taken off out of nowhere and there's about 18 different companies doing that yeah there's it's it's a lot it's probably for the best that this stuff wasn't really around when i was younger probably would have been some mistakes made you know (laughs) (laughs) um i'm going to not you can fill in the blank but there's something i was about to say that uh, anyway there's there's a story that goes along with that anyway about me Uh uh-huh so what what did i do nothing um follow up um yeah you you and i go back too far you might you actually might have some dirt on me I know I don't have any dirt on you. I, you, don't, you there's no way you have dirt on me. I've, everybody know I'm very public in the ways that I'm a terrible person. <laughs> um, or, is it, or mostly just a boring person. Anyway, uh, what, uh, didn't we already talk about this? The, the iPhone 13 is is not none faster, but it's also not that much faster. I mean, meh, who cares? There, I mean, there's there's more interesting parts of the phone itself, and you'll get into that because you you have a new phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there were initial uh rumors based off of apple's marketing of 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 the way that they kind of during the keynote talked about comparisons and performance to uh like competitors in terms of android and the qualcomm snapdragon chipsets and not the prior year a series processors and people were like oh no they've hit a wall and kind of um most of the gains this year were cpu or gpu based but it's it's a little bit faster yeah. Well, and there were there were a lot of breathless stories about how there's been this brain drain at Apple and how and kind yeah of they've they've hit this this wall with chip development and when you actually graph it out you know it's it's a bit less than it's been but it's still relatively in line so it's yeah. kind of a a bit of a snooze yeah um you want to do iPhone or uh, Amazon stuff first dealer's choice uh, it, no it's your show and uh, i already i already did my spinter segment i'm just gonna coast um well i are you i mean are you interested in this amazon stuff yes okay yeah let's do that then oh well not not immediately uh, mm. oh, I, I, I can do the phone i'm i'm i'm, I'm no well actually on okay. my toes here okay let's let's do the amazon stuff i oh. amazon hardware is weird um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to say the least I, I i literally you're gonna have to be talking about whatever the fuck astro is because like remember last year like there was a small update about this today but remember last year when they they introduced that it was like a miniature drone that's supposed to like just like dock in your living room and allow you to like just patrol your house when you're not home yeah yeah i don't remember what that was called but apparently that product is not dead but it is it is not really materialize like apparently there's now like an interest form on amazon's website where you can say that you're game to let jeff bezos pilot a dgi drone in your house or whatever but um the more interesting parts of this i think so the echo there's gonna be a new echo show 15 which is designed in all the marketing materials to be a um a wall mounted product where this goes on like your entryway or in the kitchen or something where it's much more a part of like the decor of your house rather than like a smart display that sits on like a kitchen counter or something. 
so I guess before I describe it too much, do you, what what is your your initial take on this as somebody who is embedded in the Amazon ecosystem? I've always thought that this concept of having a wall-mounted sort of dashboard for your home is a really good idea. Um, there have been a couple of companies that have that have done things like this. There's there's been some I can't remember the name of this one now, but um, one that actually can like actually you know just go into the place of like a regular like power outlet or light switch if you've got. Uh, you know, a set of light switches or a plug maybe you don't use and you can basically just replace it with like this kind of wall mounted screen thing. It, it and so many other smart home stuff requires a, a neutral wire. So I've never been able to play around with stuff like that. Um, but I, I guess this echo show thing, this just plugs into the wall, right? So setup's mm-hmm. a little bit easier there, but anyway, um, I've always thought this, yeah, concept of having a, a home dashboard is, is kind of, kind of neat so you know this this looks interesting i mean amazon software is really bad so i'm not you really I'm not I'm not really sure that if i were to ever get something like this although this would also not match our uh, transitional aesthetic here in the front wall household <laughs> carlos so i don't know i don't think i'd ever get the lady friend to, to buy off on something like this but even if i did i don't think Amazon's offering is necessarily what I'd want to go for because of that kind of software issue. Like I, to me, you'd almost be better off wall mounting a little iPad mini or something. Well, but that's the problem like, is that a panic tried to make that work. They had an app called status board that allowed you to turn an iPad or an iPad connect AirPlayed to an Apple TV um, to make like a cool, it was, it was mostly targeted businesses, but it also could work for nerds, but they had like a really nice, um, like home slash SMB slash like the digital or like a quantified self dashboard thing. That was neat. But I think this is cool, but I think your main point is that Amazon is not the company to do it is absolutely right. So I don't actually, do I have a picture of this? Um, like the, the reason I wanted to talk about this is that is I mostly wanted to discuss how much I hate my echo show now. Because the Amazon has, con- they they're always improving the devices, and by improving it, is uh, it means that they're inserting ads into it that cannot be turned off, and all of the ads are for Amazon Prime Video shows. So basically, anytime I'm at my iMac and I'm trying to do stuff, I glance out of the corner of my eye, and like every like I just have it set to just be like a photo frame, and every like sixth image. It will then go to an ad for this week. It is, uh, do you know who, uh, I don't know what Luke Bryan or Bryant. I think it's a country singer. Country singer. Yeah. It keeps advertising, uh, his dirt road tour. And I don't mm. know what the hell that is, but in bef- the week before it, apparently there's some new Cinderella on Amazon and I didn't spend $150 on a device to show me that. And I have no recourse other than just to throw it away. Yeah, there's no, you can't pay 20 bucks more and remove that stuff. That's the thing. Bingo. So that's the thing where they they pull that crap on the Kindle. And like, I I didn't buy an Echo Show with special offers. Like, I just bought an Echo Show. And if I had the ability to pay for it, I'd I'd be annoyed. But like, I I would do that. But like, 
all I want is for this thing to be a thing where I can ask it to set a timer and to show me the time, like when I'm at my desk. That's it. And now I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to switch to Google Home stuff just because they don't have an equivalent of the Echo Spot. But, like, this sucks. Like, I, I, I need to, like, unplug this thing. It's, 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 really, it's really quite frustrating. Yeah, and it, it seems like this Echo Show 15 suffers from a similar problem where a third of the screen is dedicated to basically whatever Amazon wants to make it. It's not customizable well, at so all. Are you, are you at the, um, uh, you're on the Verge page? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing where on the Echo, because I assume this runs basically the same software as the Echo Show. Oh, I like on the screen, good luck with the pitch, because of course the person whose home this is in is like some fucking Amazon product manager. Um. But it, but the Echo Show software has a thing where you have like, and this was the frustrating part before they started serving you ads is the home screen would ro- rotate between different cards and it would show you like, here's what's trending on MSN.com or so. like it, it always would show like really dumb news about like Kate Middleton or something. But then it would also be like, oh, here's what which Alexis Alexa skills are popular in your area area or whatever but you could basically turn all those off so like i I could turn off the food network recipes so this food fret fresh berry fruit parfait like that you could probably turn off but you're at the whim of them not deciding to add new stuff and kind of just like sullying your smart display so like unless this came with some kind of commitment that amazon would allow you to just allow it to be a family photo frame and a thing that showed like calendar and timers. I'd have a tough time trusting it. Yeah. I mean, this is a a neat idea, but I'm not interested in this specific product. Yeah. And you, you currently don't have any echo products that have a screen, right? No, that's, that's not been permitted here. Is it something that you've wanted? Yeah. I think there's a, there, there's a spot in the kitchen. I think it would it would work. Yeah, I mean, you actually could get one for your desk. I'm like, I assume that's your <laughs> yeah, that is your domain, sort of. I don't I don't really think I'd ever use it at my desk though, because the the Sonos Move is about a foot and a half away from me right now. So if I need mm-hmm. to access the Lady in the Can stuff, I can do it through that. Well, I'd be on the lookout in a couple of weeks when I kick this Echo Show just indeterminately somewhere. I'll try to jimmy garoppolo it i'll I'll be able just to pick up a um gallon ziploc bag on your doorstep of four spindrift spiked and a echo show well in the echo show might have been office based i don't know (laughs) (sighs) i hate it um because like the uh, the google home uh the sorry the google nest home Uh, max god damn it don't why is everything so bad why why i wish why if siri wasn't bad even though i have so many complaints about apple at the very least, I feel like they wouldn't, it, it would suck less. I don't know. All of these things are bad. You know, the, and also Alexa is getting super chatty where do you get the thing where every time you have a request, like your first request, like of like, if you haven't said anything in like three hours, it'll be like, by the way, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We, we've had that. Yeah. I'm not loving that. Like, by the, by the way, an Amazon package will be like, that's every day. Like we, we, I'm, I'm a, I'm a valued prime member. Like let's, let's move on from that. We, I don't think we did this intentionally, but this is really coming full circle in the sure. sense that much like novelty food and drinks, 
I'm also really into smart home stuff. I mean, you, you know, Mr. Oh smart gosh. Home over here, right? Uh-huh. But most of it's really, really bad and disappointing. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> it stinks. It's all, it's all garbage. It's, it's, it, it really is. It's all really bad. Like, I, I, I just had my um, annual um, process where I, I, I pull out the, the Wemo smart plugs for, like, the holidays. We will oh, set up some, yeah, yeah. some Halloween lights. Wait, and Halloween it, lights. It, we did, you know, we don't go crazy. Just a couple Wait, little things, like like house. orange Christmas lights. Yeah, so, bas- basically, we, we had some ghost lights. Um, ghost lights. They're they're lights that look like ghosts. <laughs> uh, uh, how we'll, 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 ha- we'll have you we'll have you over. A little, no, no, show, but what's the th- what's a ghost light? Like, how close do you have to be to them to think that they look like ghosts? not very they're like cartoony ghosts you're thinking I, about it too hard i googled ghost lights and google does not know what you're talking about <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> well anyway they, they, they're connected to a, a wemo plug-in sorry i thought you got i thought cause remember either you like the ones that you had were from the that brand that makes like the the ipod docs well Wasn't that's that right so i've got three indoor wemo plugs and then I've got a couple of uh, Belkin outdoor smart plugs. But didn't you have some iHome stuff? Or I, was that a fever dream? Uh, I also, well, so I have two different brands of outdoor smart plugs because the iHome smart plugs, which I also have a couple of those, the outdoor ones, they, they stopped making those. And well, so okay. I needed a couple more. And so... um. You know, it's actually not Belkin. It's it's Wemo that I have. I don't have any Belkin smart plugs. It's, well, the it's, Wemo I've... is Belkin. Oh, that's that is what I'm that. It's of. it's like okay. um, Eufy is Anchor's smart home brand. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Um, but with the indoor plugs that I have, I have like the very first generation ones. I've had them for a while, and you know, I when I you know at the end of the holidays when I'm not using them anymore I you know I I basically like disconnect them and like remove them from the home app so like I remove them from HomeKit I remove them from the Wemo app because I like I don't want any notifications saying hey I can't find the smart plug anymore but then you know I have to reset them up every year and it's it it it's bad. I mean, like all smart home stuff, it's bad. It does the thing where you well, it like broadcasts a local Wi-Fi network that you've got to like connect to, and like you know that kind of doesn't work the first time. Then you got to try it again, and then go back to the app. It's it's this year it went better than it has in the past, but like I just cannot imagine any sort of like normal person sitting there trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah, it checks out. Um, but now I can say turn on the Halloween lights and the ghost lights come on. So there you go. <laughs> okay, still can't picture it, but okay. <laughs> um, other stuff from the Amazon event. So they have a uh, what's it called? Nest the ne- the yeah. Nest thermostat. They have yeah, a Nest, they- uh, Google Nest. <laughs> so this is like, I kind of. I feel like that for the spectacle of it, it would just be much easier to watch uh, companies like just literally light piles of money on fire rather than acquiring brands that have a lot of uh, goodwill in in their names, just always like just piss it away where they will do the thing where, oh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's Nest and then it's uh, Nest by Google and then it's uh, 
Google Nest Home, and then it's and then it's just Google Home Hub with Nest plus extra Google One or whatever. Like there's always like this. Oh, it's good. No, go go ahead. I say I I have a quick little tangent that it might Mm -hmm. make sense to to do now because I don't know if we'll get to it later. Um, that 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 very much touches on this idea that Google is is ruining Nest and is trying to basically get rid of Nest as like a standalone thing and just bringing everything into Google Home. So I, I have a Nest Hello, which is their hey. um, <laughs> their video doorbell. It's it's I've had it for you know a few years now. It's it's really nice. Um, and I one of the things that like one of the neat things that it does is you can you know change the the sound it makes when people press the doorbell. And around the holidays, you know, they come out with like Halloween ones and they come out with Christmas ones. Like it's, it's goofy and it's, it's well, fun. It's, it's like Trader Joe's where, sorry, I, I don't know if you if you, how often you go, but around the holidays, they will change the sound of when you have to remove your chip card. Like around Thanksgiving, it's uh, a turkey making a gobble gobble sound. So that's, that's super fun. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It, it's, it's like that. Yeah. Does it happen? So, on, like, can you just opt in and be like, Hey, I want like holiday sounds or do you have to go manually each time change it? You have to manually each time change it because they actually go away at the end of the holidays. Oh. And they, it goes back to whatever your tone was before. Got it. Or chime, I guess. So you can't something. just like opt into like fun mode. I don't think so, no. Um, and you can't even manually opt into fun mode, which I'm about to get to. Oh. So um, this, this story came out today about Google uh, getting rid of the current iteration of the wired nest doorbell which is what i have and they're going to come out with a new version next year that's going to of course you know be part of like the google home branding and that that prompted me to remember like oh yeah it's about time to um um change um my my doorbell to the halloween sounds and i go to do that in the nest app and I don't, I don't see any option to change the chime in the Nest app. And I'm like, that, that's really weird. And then I <laughs> Google search it, right? And th- that's actually how I found out about this. Um, I actually had my story backwards here. I was thinking about that chime and then not being able to figure out how to change it. And then when Google searching how to try to figure out how to change it, I came across this article on the verge coincidentally that they are you know basically killing off this product to come out with a new version of it later but in reading this verge article what they also mention is that google's in the process of transitioning basically all of the settings and features of their existing doorbells into the google home app out of the nest app but they're in the process of doing that and so the setting to change your chime sound has been removed from the Nest app, but has not yet been added to the Google Home app. So there's just literally not a way to do it right now. And there, there's an update to the Google Home app on iOS where in the notes, it mentions that they're in the process of bringing over the chime change setting page and some other features but that it will be rolling out like in the coming weeks i think they said like how nuts is that <laughs> it's so bad smart home stuff is so bad well i mean but i th- i th- 
the problem is that like they they understand they have two separate properties, but they don't. It it it's a misstep and a and a mistake for them to try to merge these so aggressively. But like I I kind of understand why they think they're compatible. But unless you're giving one to one feature parity, it's gonna piss a lot of people off. And also, like I used to have a Google Home Hub before they tried to make it Nest branded, and the Google Home app on iOS is is absolute garbage. Like it's so unintuitive and bad. And I can only imagine having to then try to manage like doorbell notifications and thermostat stuff in in an app that already could barely allow you to configure your smart display so like i get why from like a synergy and a brand unification brand unification perspective that they would want to do it but like then why'd you buy the company because like what like from a dating also from a data mining perspective how much data are you getting from how people are heating their homes yeah I don't know. It seems it seems like a loss for society all around. Anyway, um, back to back to the Amazon uh, stuff. So yeah. So anyway, so yeah. they they're making a smart thermostat and it's cheap and it's probably gonna be fine. They they made an Amazon Basics thermostat. Whatever. Um. Uh. There's also. I I honestly I just scrolled past this and had no I and I was just kind of like what and I don't know what after this so. They're making a little, like a, kind of like an Ibo dog, but it's but it's uh, Alexa on wheels. Alexa, stop. Um, where, um, yeah, it's yeah, it basically looks like somebody shoved a fire tablet on a, um, like a robot vacuum cleaner or like a Sony Ibo dog. And I don't know how much this is going to cost. And I assume this is going to be one of those products Thou- that thousand dollars. And this is going to be one of those things where it's like a limited beta invite only like nobody's gonna be able to just buy this for probably like two years right the uh in this verge article the astro which will initially cost 9.99.99 and available as a day one edition product that you can request an invite for the privilege of buying yeah i mean i don't i don't know i'm cool that I'm, I'm i'm happy that they're doing weird stuff but also in terms of amazon and privacy especially where their um ring doorbells uh snitch to the cops without your knowledge and a whole bunch of other stuff they have a lot of um uh their their smart home strategy and privacy uh policies leave a lot to be desired where i'm happy sort of that they're being adventurous with their hardware strategy but i feel like over the past couple of years amazon has has not done much to um build the trust that's going to make people want these devices in their homes i feel like much more um amazon products are become are get growing closer to like the facebook portal level of trust than going away from it a 42 inch tall yeah, so I sent you this screenshot from this Verge article. The the part I missed when I read through this earlier is is this um feature that it has where it's got its cameras on a periscope which can be extended up to like three and a half feet tall. And it when it, it when it's ex- extended like that, it just 
it's it's very strange looking. Wait a minute, it's gonna kill you one day. <laughs> well, that's the thing is is that ultimately all this like is is how how like this is every I, I'm not a sci fi person, but this like seems like the kind of thing in, in a movie like where oh yeah, it, a technology ends ends up murdering you and everybody you love. Yeah. Um, also, I forgot. I I sent a picture. I forgot to talk about when in the spender thing on the side of the can. It says this one has alcohol. Winking emoji. Um, yeah. So cool that they're trying stuff. But I also, I, I'm, I'm uh, again. Amazon's been kind of shitty recently. Like I, I like it's just not the the whole injecting ads thing is, is is really bummed me out. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I'm going to send you a revised link to the Hey Disney thing because uh, the link in the outline's broken. Um, but at, I guess, I'm guessing this is at the hotels at Walt Disney World. There are going to be Amazon Echoes in the rooms. Yeah. And the wake word will no longer be Alexa or Echo or computer. It will be Hey Disney. And... I do. Do you want this? Like you, I mean, you're you're a Disney guy and you're a smart home guy. Do you want a voice assistant in your room? That's like, cause, I mean, you're not getting a lot of the benefits of like it being already knowing who you are and like like because you're the whole benefit of Alexa is that it knows your like your house and your and, and your stuff or your like. Well, I guess what's the practicality of having it in a hotel room? Well, so here, here's kind of like the one paragraph pitch for it. So it's starting next year, guests staying at the Walt Disney World Resort Hotels will find an Echo Show 5, your favorite device, in their rooms, which they can use to access the Hey Disney experience. In this case, the assistant can answer the more specific questions a visitor may have, like what time the park opens, the fastest route to the park, or where to get a meal. Or they can use the assistant to make specific guest service requests, like ordering extra towels or food from room service. That, like, hey. I guess the pro- the problem with all that stuff is that it feels like there are better and more efficient ways well, to it... get that information or make those types of requests. Well, wasn't the thing from like three weeks ago where, what was it called? Magic Genie Plus or whatever? I, I, I'm not even making that up. I think that is literally the name. Wasn't that the thing where you there were like multiple tiers of an app that allowed you to skip the line, but that's also like how you're supposed to like get concierge service and make appointments at restaurants well, and stuff? This isn't this isn't this isn't really meant to do all that. This is well, but, more but just that like... that app would do that ostensibly. Oh, letting you know yeah, where to... it, it, so then, exactly, yeah. And also, if it's only in your room, like I just this feels like one of those things where this is mostly corporate branding partnerships than actual utility right yeah i mean even for me as as somebody who has i mean how how many of these lady in a can speakers do i have in my house four like i i use them for a very limited number of specific tasks which they're which they're really good for but like I feel like where you really start to get in trouble with any of this voice assistant stuff is where you're trying to have it do stuff that you could just do in other ways faster. Like the only things I do with my lady in a can stuff are are things that are truly easier and quicker to do with a quick voice command. But again, that's a very small number of things and the, the tasks and requests listed here 
don't strike me as things that would be any better or faster using an Amazon device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solution in search of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we kind of already talked about the, the nest hello thing again, but is there, is there, what is there allegedly, well, uh, there was a link that you had in the show notes that I, I don't think we actually talked about where is Amazon or is Google backing off of the Nest and Google Home app integration or have did they just apologize for the fact that it sucks? Well, they they so th- this Verge article touches on this where the Google acknowledges the transition's not gone as well as it should have. See my example about how you can't even ch- currently change the chime on your video doorbell. Um, but I mean, they're not stopping what they're planning on doing. The the quote in this Verge article is, we are committed to bringing the experiences and Nest devices you have come to love in the Nest app into the home app. Oh, this okay. will take time to get right. So, I don't know. My, my crazy idea would be to maybe not remove features and setting pages from one app until they're ready to be shown in the other app. It's a crazy idea, but... Yeah, what do I know? Yeah. Um. Okay, iPhone stuff. Yeah, we already talked broadly about the new iPhones. Therefore, I think this is basically just you got a Pro Max, and you probably have thoughts about it. I do. So I, I write here in my hand now. I have a thirteen Pro Max, the uh, graphite color. 256 um i was i was first curious to see if there was any difference in the um the color compared to graphite last year because you know as you know with apple things like space gray can mean very different shades of gray if you will from one year to the next but but no graphite is exactly the same as it was last year um the the camera system on the back is is very large as many have observed um the promotion display has been the you know most noticeable year over year change and is is really nice um it's 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 weird because i feel like i've become totally numb to it on my ipad pro i i don't don't feel like i really notice it all that much and i i guess it's just because i'm not used to having it on my phone that makes it seem kind of novel again but it is really nice can can i ask on the ipad it's always felt like too much kind of like the the soap opera tv thing is it any more muted on the phone or is no, it basically the it, same as the it's iPhone? not like and it's i've had a i've had a handful of people see the phone and they universally have made the same comment like whoa like what's with the soap opera effect on the screen like, no it's, it, it's very it's very pronounced and with the user interface like it it shouldn't like it doesn't really matter because like there's no frame rate of of motion that somebody is expecting but yeah i don't know with, with the ipad the like i've never i've actually seen that as a con of of potentially spending extra money to get the ipad pros instead of the air is that it looks too fluid yeah okay yeah it's 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 very subjective i mean i obviously don't i don't like the 
you know, high, high frame rate stuff that like TVs try to do. Like I, I turn all that stuff off. Um, but I do, I do really like the promotion stuff. I like the way it looks, but it's, it's totally subjective. Like I, I could see how others maybe wouldn't like it. And it, it's really easy to turn off. There's, there's a setting where you can cap the frame rate of the screen at 60 frames, which is what it's historically been. So it's, you know, if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Um, but I guess, you know, the, the thing I wanted to get deeper into here is the sort of, you know, device to device process or kind of the, the iPhone setup process coming from an old phone to a new phone. Cause that's really, that's evolved a lot over the years where it, it's been, I mean, it's been kind of a mess, but it's been a different sort of mess over the years, like between iTunes backups and, you know, like whether you encrypt those backups or not. And then there was iCloud, but then iCloud, especially in the early days, only brought over like a limited amount of stuff. And that that's gotten better over, over time. Um, but it's still a bit, you know, spotty in some areas. Um, and uh, Gruber in the days leading up to the 13 and 13 pro release was going on about how the device to device transfer process has gotten really good like it, it's been an option for at least the past year or two now but the critique of it's always been that it's it's really slow like it's much much slower than restoring from a local backup or even an iCloud backup is um the idea is that you know the your old iPhone and your new iPhone, I guess, basically make like a little peer-to-peer wireless connection and transfer all your data over that way. But Gruber's whole thing was doing the device-to-device transfer as opposed to backing up from iCloud or a local backup. You would have more of your apps have you still signed in. Um, Because that's always been one of the things with like restoring from an iCloud backup is you know, you go to open Instagram or you know, Fantastic Cal or like whatever, and like you're logged out of almost everything, and you got to log back in. And that's been kind of a little annoyance with setting up a new iPhone. So I thought, okay, yeah, this, you know, the device to device thing sounds like maybe a good option. And the, you know, the fact that it took about an hour longer than the iCloud method would take, like, you know, it didn't matter. I just, you know, had my old phone and new phone on my desk here, and they were just doing their thing um, in, you know, during the afternoon while I was working. And so that that process finishes up, you know, new new phones all set up. I open Gmail, which was the first app I opened. I'm logged out. <laughs> um, and that that was true of I'd say at least half of my apps. Um, I also had a couple of other apps where I had to I was still logged in. But I had to log out and log back in in order to get notifications to start working again. Um, so <laughs> I guess my conclusion is that the device-to-device transfer process was was fine. But it, to me, it didn't seem like it was any better than the iCloud backup process, which, which also, again, has, has always had this issue of locking you out of apps and doing that whole thing. Um, but I guess the the one thing maybe to to end this on a more positive note with the device to device setup process is that it it definitely is it's more seamless. Like you know, you turn on your new iPhone, and if you turn it on when it's near your old iPhone, like you, it literally brings up 
a little page on your old iPhone that's like, hey, do you want me to set up this new iPhone? And you, you tap it and then it kicks off the process for you. When the transfer is done, it then asks you if you want to just transfer over your Apple Watch to the new phone and you, you tap yes. And it just it does that in one step. Um, you also don't have to re-enter all of your um, credit card information in the wallet app you just have to enter like the three digit code on the back of the card for each card you want to set up again and then when it's all done it offers just then to wipe your old phone so it's you know i guess it, it doesn't seem like it does a whole lot more than just restoring from an icloud backup does but it is a bit more of a, a streamed line experience which i guess is nice i re i remember that being um, kind of a half-baked feature when it was first introduced, but like allegedly the benefit is, and even though a lot of people are saying that it doesn't actually work, is is the whole logged in thing. But also that instead of having to re-download all of your media files, like in your in your your iCloud photos and your messages in the cloud stuff from iCloud, which can after the initial restore component is done, that can still take multiple hours. Like, let's say you have like 80 gigabytes of local photos. It is faster in that regard, allegedly. But yeah, it seems like there's very, very conflicting um, anecdotal evidence about whether or not the whole reliability of apps remaining logged in and maybe more complete like keychain restore stuff is is actually true. But that okay. that's actually that's a good point about the the timing where it actually does end up being yeah about the same as an iCloud backup in the sense that an iCloud backup you know you can start using your phone faster but it's still having to do a lot of stuff in the background like downloading your photos again etc whereas this device to device thing you have to wait longer to use your phone but once it's done it, it's it's basically done um one thing that i did not care for and i, I don't i don't know if this would have happened no matter how i set up the new phone like if i had restored from an icloud backup i don't know if it would have just done the same thing but i i had icloud keychain turned off and and the local um version of keychain turned off because i i use you know one password and i every time i enter a password i don't want it asking me if i want to use one password or the keychain and with with my new phone, after it was done getting set up, that was all enabled again, both iCloud Keychain and the local Keychain. And I had to like mm. Google search to figure out how to turn those back off. I didn't I didn't care for that. Yeah, not great. Okay, well, when, once you have the phone all set up and logged in, how is your very large phone? I mean, it's nice. Um, you know, I, this has been the point that like a million people have made this year in particular, it seems, where, you know, if you're someone who's upgrading your iPhone every year, especially on these like S years, like there's just, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of difference. And that's, you know, that's true. Like I think the screen, the screen is, is nice. Um, I guess the cameras I need to sort of, play around with more to form of more full opinion there's there's nothing like remarkably different about them so far i mean one thing that stood out is because of the do you call it higher or lower aperture 
when it's when the number's going down and it lets in more light. You would say larger. You'd say a larger aperture. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the the larger apertures on this year's camera, the thing that I have noticed is that in low light situations, it doesn't resort to trying to use um what's night it called? Mode. Night mode that's, as much. That's, that's nice because so frequently you'll be like you you see the little like yellow symbol in the upper left and you have to scramble to turn it off because if there's any motion it's going to ruin the picture yeah like the the first time i used the camera um kind of a a bunch was in a was like at night and i noticed right away i was like oh yeah it's not it's not trying to do the night mode thing as much and even when it does you know how it it'll go from like one to three seconds depending on like how much extra Mm -hmm. you know processing it feels like it needs to do yeah I've only ever had it do a second, even in like pretty low light situations. So you you get, it seems like you get more natural looking photos maybe in low light situations, um, which is which is kind of cool. Um, you know the three X zoom is is kind of nice. Um, the front the front camera is still really bad. I I was I I guess I I I took a picture because the 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 new the new housemate sometimes like you know she's not super into taking pictures but sometimes oh, if so you, you do like you do like the front facing camera and she can see herself on the screen sometimes she likes that <laughs> um, and I I I haven't I haven't really done that a ton and I I did that um, right after we were done eating dinner the other night so again kind of another sort of maybe lower light situation but. I, I had taken a picture with, you know, the just the regular wide lens on the back right before that. And I I, I compared the two and I was just like, yeah, yeah, the front yeah, the front camera is really bad. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean the, the the cameras the cameras seem seem good. Like they, you know, they've been good for a long time now. Have you were you with your previous phone uh, a a frequent user of the two X camera? No, not really. Okay. I mean, I guess, have you used the 3X camera enough to notice, like, because it feels like, I mean, just like, if you're going from what was effectively, well, I mean, it's it's different for you because, so the telephoto will, on like a, on my 12 Pro will emulate, or will most closely mimic like a 55 millimeter or a 50 millimeter standard full frame lens. And on the 12 Pro Max, it was a weird year where the cameras were different, where it wasn't it like a 2.5X camera. Right. I think it was like a yeah. closer to like a 65. And now with the 3X lens, I think it's like closer to like a 75 or an 80. But it's like, what, so what you are, you do get more reach, but I feel almost like the 3X is less practical than the 2X. I mean, I, do, you, do you have any um, anecdotal use case information about that yet? Or is it still a week is too too little to tell? It's too little to tell for sure. I mean with a phone camera you got to zoom with your feet generally mm-hmm. so you know it, to me the telephoto lens isn't necessarily you know a big selling feature but yeah, I, I, I i think having that little bit of extra optical zoom is nice yeah i mean like my my, my concern is I, I have actually started using the 2x camera a lot more just to give a, a much flatter and natural look to photos where you don't get kind of that um optical distortion at the edges which you're kind of going to inherently get at like the 28 millimeter like 
standard wide lens that you get. So I don't know that that seems like a little bit of a bummer, but I don't know really what how um, how much I can complain about that. Uh, ultra wide, do you, do you ever use that? Because that allegedly got better this year. I, I haven't really used it a ton yet. No, and I and I don't I don't generally. Okay, I I played around with it when it first came out on the whatever that whatever phone that was eleven the, probably. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But I haven't played around with it much this year. So what else is there? There so there's cameras and promotion. Was there anything else this year? And not not really. Because there's um, there's, mean, there's the tangential you know, side benefit of battery life being better as a result of promotion, depending on what you use it for. But I don't you don't strike me as somebody who's watching, especially if you're not living in your house much, like well, watching video yeah, on I mean, your phone. <laughs> battery life now for you know last year's iPhone and this year's iPhone is very much lost on me because I I just I don't go anywhere. Um. Uh yeah, I mean, what else is there? I mean, there's the whole like cinematic mode thing, um, which I haven't I haven't used at all yet. Um, you can really only kind of use it during the day because it need it needs a lot of light. If you okay. try to use it in a low light situation, it just throws up a message saying like, "Hey, there's there's not enough light." Well, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, just because like the whole point is that. Like it needs to use itself like stopped down a little bit so that everything is in focus so that it can use the artificial like blurring thing. So yeah, that actually, that, I actually didn't think about that. that that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, so I actually, even more so than taking pictures now, because like, yeah, I've, I've got my fancy camera. So if I, if I want really nice pictures, I'll, you know, I'll pull, I'll pull that out. I think maybe that's also, I, I, I kind of realized this. Um, I guess more so this year where when I was starting to take some, um, you know, pictures with the new camera, like they looked nice, but I wasn't like blown away by anything. And I, I thought to myself like, oh, well that's, I'm kind of getting spoiled now with the Sony. Like, cause you know, when you get a good photo off of that, it's, it's quite a bit better than you're getting off your phone. Well, no, I mean, so the- uh, hashtag shot on iPhone six. No, <laughs> it's, it's just, the, don't you remember back when the iPhone 10 came out? Apple pronounced photography dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, so I get, that's kind of like my standard for like a really good photo now. Um, but with video, I, I still think there's, you know, an it's iPhone is, is way so good. easier to get good oh. HD video out of a phone than it is. Like, I mean, yes, it would be better on your full frame camera, but it's so much more work. Yeah. And I also so you know my my particular Sony model. So I I mean I, I like shooting at 4K because you know you may as well shoot with you know as good a resolution as you can, right? To try and future proof as much as you can. Um, but I, you know I I think this is an area we disagree. But like I really like to shoot in 60 frames. I just I really like the way that ends up looking. Um, whereas like my Sony camera can only do 4K at 30. So. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever shot a video on my Sony camera. I, I, my, the iPhone's always my go-to. Um, and hmm. so, you know, well, that, that's, real... that's another reason why cinematic mode would never really be for me. Oh. Cause that's, that's limited at 1080p at 30, I think. So that's going to be my pop quiz is does cinematic mode work at those high frame rates, which I would assume because mm. 60 frames per second is antithetical to, to, to cinema that it would not. 
No, that'll, that'll inevitably be like, you know, a bullet point on a slide next year, which is like cinematic mode now supports, you know, 4K or whatever. But it, it's limited to 1080p this year. But, you know, again, I shoot I shoot 4K 60 on my iPhone, and I really like the way that looks. So yeah, cinematic mode is not going to be something I, I'm going to use. Have I already talked about this? Do you leave HDR video on? Yes. And you you enjoy that? I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, All I, right. and I haven't, the thing I haven't played around with, um, which I think is software locked to the pros, which is the photographic styles thing, where you can you can basically tell your iPhone sort of what your preference is to what mm-hmm. the end result of a photo should be, and then it can kind of make some some tweaks to the to its pipeline when it's processing photos to 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 match that every time i hear that on a podcast it 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 always like i don't think anybody's ever used the term image pipeline before this year but like that's okay yeah but that that's it's an interesting feature like so can you can you think of ways that you would use that like are there frequent like when you're going to edit like make minor edits to a photo in the photos app like are there always like certain things that you adjust that you think you might like want systematically applied to your photos or or do you not necessarily see um a clear like use case for you yeah no this this actually connects right to the the hdr question you just had i i am somebody who prefers to have higher contrast in photos and videos which is why i think i'm drawn to something like hdr and there there is a setting or there is a photographic style um that's high contrast so i if i'm well, I, I'll eventually play around with this. When, when I play around with that feature, I think that's the first one I'll try is to see what, what a high contrast photo looks like. Interesting. Okay. Vi- vibrant colors, Carlos. That's what I'm into. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, boy. Um, yeah, the one thing that I, I don't know if it would work this way, maybe experiment with this and tell me if it is, because I'm probably going to wait a couple months to get the new phone, because I'm I'm an old person and I'm grouchy. Um, when you're taking a photo, do you ever do the thing where you, like, this is like the simplest photo adjustment you can do on iPhone, where you have the camera open, you tap on the part that you want to expose for, and then you have the option of either dragging your finger up or down to reduce the exposure level? Do you ever do that? What What is this? So do you have your so phone I- in front of you? I do. Okay. Yeah. Hold down in the lower right. So you take a picture of something. You tap on where you want to, one, where do you want to focus, but also where you want it to expose for in terms of light. And then you can then drag your finger down or up to manually kind of, it's kind of like the EV compensation dial on your camera. Oh, I, huh. I, I did not, did not know this was a thing. Yeah. So if you ever feel like a photo is being like the, like it's just being like, brighten too much like the phone's trying to be too smart for what you want to accomplish that's a really easy way to do because like i don't i don't ever like shoot in raw on my phone or anything because like, I, I feel like that's a fool's errand but that is the one thing i would want to know if you can because i will always generally i will generally think an iphone f- picture is frequently too bright so i will maybe like tap on the area i want to expose for and then just reduce it just a, a smidge I'd like to know if that's possible to using that photography styles thing to kind of build that into 
the way the camera takes photos. So yeah, this weekend or something, if you can test that, that'd be great. I'll send you a, um, I'll send you a, a sample photo in the thing. I, th- I thought I, I meant to send this to you the other day. Uh, you know how the thing was when Slack will show you like a blurred out version of it while it's still loading. Yeah. I did not know what this picture was going to be of. <laughs> um, it kind of looked like a cone of shame for a minute. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. What's, what's the thing with the, does he have like an elf? What's, what's the toy in the lower, lower right? Um, it, it's like a dinosaur, I think maybe. Oh, he, I, can I give him a compliment? He's get he's getting old man sporty paws. Yeah, I know. We need, need to trim those back. No, a bit. no, he looks cute. Aw, good boy. Wait, so I'm sorry, but what is what is this photo illustrating? Other than a cute dog? Uh, just you know, it, oh, good, just a, a photo quality. Yeah, good, good low light performance. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Seems... And I think I think I think this photo was another a good example where I I think like the 12 Pro probably would have gone into night mode. But I, I think, I guess actually now, so the, the photos app in iOS now shows you metadata, which is nice. Oh yeah. They added, uh, you don't, you can get EXIF without having to have a third party app now. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if, I don't know, do I have a photo on it? Yeah. This photo, I don't know if it tells you when it uses night mode or not. I assume if you uh, look at the exposure time, like night mode would literally probably say like two seconds or something. Oh, maybe I didn't think about that. Um, well, any, in any case, I think that that photo that I sent you of Branson, I, I, I think would be a situation on the 12 pro where night mode would have been used, but then on the 13 pro, I, I don't think it used night mode on that. And you you do I think get a little bit more of a natural looking photo. Got it. And then just quick immediate um, follow up. Yes, when you do use night mode, it doesn't specify it in the EXIF, but it does say it, it will literally say like one or two seconds for the exposure time. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm like looking through that set of photos I took the other night and. I don't I don't think any of them I don't think any of them used night mode. Cool. Yeah. All right, you got anything else on the phone? I'll I'll send you another I'll send you another picture here. Wait, which one do I want to send you to kind of try and illustrate like yeah, this is this is a good one. Like this is another um and this I mean this is all going to play really well on an audio podcast um for the first one they can see a very tired dog uh smushy faced up against a barrel of toys but that's so this is another photo where again no you know no night mode and i feel like maybe in previous iphones it would have had to resort to that are these ghost lights (laughs) no those are not ghost lights no (laughs) these are just a year-round christmas lights right um Oh, you took the. <laughs> never mind. You took this at a, at a Ray Ban store. <laughs> I did. That's right. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, is that is that bad. an actual candle or is that a one of those LED candles? That's an LED candle. Got it. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. All right. Overall, happy ish. 
Yeah, no, I am. I the the promotion stuff, like we were saying earlier, is is good. Um, you know, even slight year over year improvements to the camera, I'll you know I'll take those. Um, my twelve Pro was a little banged up on the edges, so it's it's nice to nice to have a new phone that's not. You're still caseless. Still caseless. Yeah. Um, um. Do you um. Uh, do you have any feelings on the fact that not the size of the camera bump, but the thickness of it? Do you have any thoughts or complaints or it is what it is? Especially since you, if you're a caseless person, that means you don't get the, it, it is extremely like if you have it flat on a table, like very, um, uh, seesaw-y. Yeah. Th- I'd say that's where it. It is a little silly. Like when I'm using the phone, I obviously don't really care about the camera bump. But when you set it down on a table, I set it on our kitchen island the other day, which is obviously like a totally flat surface. And I kind of noticed it from the side. And I mean, yeah, it's kind of comical how much it it basically sits at a slant because of how big the camera bump is. And that, that is noticeably, noticeably bigger. Like when you hold a, a, you know, a 12 pro to a 13 pro, like it's, you can immediately see how much bigger the, the camera system is. So that, that feels like something that maybe even starting next year, they'll probably start to try and kind of reduce, I would think as much as they can. Mm Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't bother me per se, but it does feel like they've probably reached a point where it can't get, you know, bigger than it is. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to be weird. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else or chef specials? What's 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 the what's the points guy doing? Is this, is this anything of note or is it just novel that? he now has an app for some reason well it's it so i kind of dismissed it when i saw the headline but then did you know read into it some and it it's it actually is trying to do a whole lot more than what i would have guessed like it's not just a place to you know basically access the point guy website it's you can actually like connect all of your credit cards to it and it will give you what looks to be you know pretty good insight into your point balances and then of course you know how you can best use them like it's kind of this whole like almost like points management system like almost how like a mint yeah it's like mint for credit card points and it it seems like it's really well designed and actually probably is is pretty neat like, I mean, I'm obviously not doing any traveling and won't be for a while still. So, you know, this is, I don't have an immediate need for something like this, but I, I could eventually see myself checking this out. Leading travel and lifestyle media platform creates groundbreaking tool to help consumers make their travel dreams a reality. Sounds right. I, hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it seems cool, but I like, I don't know, like, are they? Hmm. This feels like something that they. I don't know if like if Mint would ever acquire this, but this feels much more like a a, a companion feature to something like 
that like would would you trust giving your chase logins to this app mm. well you know they um they were you know they they got out in front with kind of the messaging around privacy and security um so i mean that would maybe give me a little bit of pause but not to the point where that would be the thing that would make me not try this yeah, I mean, not, not even that it's malicious or that they're doing some like data mining operation. It's just like I, I feel like that's not going to be their specialty. Where Intuit that owns Mint is actually, I mean, maybe probably more qualified or has more skin in the game. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, good, good for Kevin or whatever his name is, Brian. Close enough. All right. <laughs> uh, Chef specials. Uh, you you go you go first this week. I don't have uh, Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it, is, it is sure as hell not the Spindrift spiked. Hold on, hold on. I, I have something. Um, okay, I, I, I have one that's very uh, hyper local, but not this local. Uh, if anybody's ever in Orange County, they should go. There's a um, an Australian uh, Californian cuisine cafe hybrid. That's like in a corporate office park in Irvine, California, that has the best uh, breakfast burrito that you can get in the entire United States. So I would strongly recommend people. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, say say that again. What? what so where is it's this? it's called. So it's in Irvine, California, over by all uh, the corporate. Uh huh. Yeah, Irvine, California. Uh, it's called Everyday Eatery. Everyday Eatery. Mm-hmm. And their deal is that it's a uh, Aussie. Uh, kind of influenced um, or themed California cafe. So that's why um, they, uh, the Australians call breakfast brekkie. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the food is very, very good, but I am very, very much a fan of, so if you're going down to Orange County and you stop, if you're passing, through, if you're pass, mm-hmm. passing by through Irvine, it is not far off the 405. Um, it is a fucking outstanding breakfast burrito. Um all their stuff is good, but anytime I'm down there, I, I make an effort to go there. And also, honorable mention to Sidecar Donuts in Costa Mesa and Santa Monica. But um, yeah, this breakfast burrito is so damn good. Every Everything, it's not trying to do too much like everything in San Francisco is. Like, I, again, I, I take big issue with the whole burrito culture here because most of them are just not, are, are too comp. Yeah, they're doing too much. They're trying too hard. So it's delicious. A very timely pick. I, this is this is going to be part of the agenda this weekend. I think. Oh, did, hold on. Did I forget to put this on Instagram? Um, let me. Oh, I'm in the wrong Slack channel. So, what the hell is this? Well, well, that's, well that's, it's my pick. We'll get to that. Oh, so, so oh, I, I gave you enough time to wait. Uh, why is this? Is this a? It's sharing it as an HEIC image. Damn like it. <laughs> we might be running into some storage space again here. Uh, no, it's it's that it's um oh I, it's I doing see, the yeah. how does OS ten not know how to I think you have to download it and then open it. Yeah, I, I, the, I, I see it. But oh, there's a picture of a very delicious. delicious burrito. Yeah. Um and apparently you're recording this podcast in midair and you have <laughs> No, that that that's the photo from um from uh, a while ago. Um I've yeah. got a, a a flight simulator pick for you, which I know you're you're just gonna love. Um, so there's this. Um, it's it's, it's John it's, Wayne Airport. All right. I, I don't I don't All know right. if you ever heard of this, Carlos. The software as a service. Um, it's a new idea. <laughs> 
um so that it's navigraph which is it's <laughs> you know it's it's That's a service awesome you pay name. for but it, i know um but also kind of a series of of different software that you run to kind of make this whole thing work um but the gist is that if you're if you're playing flight simulator you can basically create flight plans and then also track your your progress um against those flight plans and pull up like relevant charts and kind of everything you need basically like on a side device so you can run this like on an iPad and it's pretty neat where you know because you're also running their software as part of you know flight simulator on your computer it can like track the location of your flight and then display that on you know the map on your iPad which is all it's all pretty pretty neat like you know I think of like playing flight simulator in middle school. Like I would have thought all this stuff was <laughs> pretty, um, pretty futuristic. Um, and actually even today still do. I, I was actually kind of surprised when I set it up for the first time that it all worked as seamlessly um, as it did. So kind of a nerdy flight sim pick, but I, I maybe you can at least appreciate kind of the, um, the technology. There is so much going on in this picture. So, Hmm. I like the disclaimer on the side uh, for flight navigation or flight simulation purposes only, not for navigation. So that's right. good. Cover your mm-hmm. butt move. Right. Um, this is I. I've always been envious of people who are um, aviation nerds. Mm-hmm. So I think I I I think this is legitimately cool. Um, so a couple of things with this picture though, because I'm gonna pick it apart. I'm sorry. So okay. you, you have one of these Mike Hurley iPad stands or something. Right. What yeah. is this? The the iPad stand? Yeah. Um it's it's the one that um Mike and Jason um recommend. I can pull Cause, it up. Cuz I remember cuz I, I remember t- uh, Jason showing a picture of what he had like at his kitchen island and his was kind of like this super weird extremely tall like but it was like white. It was very different looking. Yeah, this um let's see. Here it is. It's the it's called the um the 12 South um Oh, they make good stuff, but it's expensive. Yeah, I so I I bought this when it was on some like one day flash sale thing, and then I also had some Amazon points, so I I don't think I ended up spending very much money on it. Okay, so ooh, I um, are you on the Amazon page? Yeah, I I like. I would never do this. Like this is eighty dollars is too much for this, but. I like the third picture that you can hover over where it shows that you can like clip it to a kitchen cupboard and just have kind of like this floating iPad. Yeah. That's pretty neat. But also Yeah, and that and that's probably the way to do it. I I haven't used the clamp. I've just used the um the kind of like tabletop stand. And I mean to be fair, I, I have sort of a, you know, sort of I don't know what you would call it, reclaimed wood type like desk which is not you know totally like level and flat but i feel like even if i had this on like my kitchen island or something like it's it's a little wobbly is what i'm saying it's not yeah it it doesn't look like it has the heft to extremely sturdily support a 1.2 pound ipad pro or whatever it is yeah, so I've I've only really ever used it for this, you know, kind of flight sim thing where I want my iPad as like a, a second screen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and but yeah, yeah. So like what you're seeing in the in the picture is like that's it, it's a um like an arrival kind of um procedure, and you know so that that's an actual like you know it's an arrival chart that that you'd use, and it it's it's really cool because you can actually track exactly like where you are on that on that route. Um, which you can actually also do like within flight simulator itself, but kind of having that information just be out on a second screen is, is pretty neat. This is, this is a super weird question, but are you able to listen to like air traffic control? It's like as an outsider. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, somewhere? Web, there's, there's websites and stuff that let you do that. Yeah. And it used to be when like you were on a plane, you could turn to a certain channel on like the in flight, um, entertainment system and you could you could listen to that i don't know if they still do that but this is kind of a weird uh only vague like tangentially related um in when you're flying are you somebody who likes looking at the map or do you like watching entertainment oh like do i have like a tv show on or something or well mostly do you do that or like for me i am very much i don't know why because i i used to be a nervous flyer not anymore but um I always found it very, very relaxing to watch the, like the in-flight map of where geographically you are in the plane. Oh, you mean like like real like real flying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you, oh, are yeah, you no, who, who wants love. to like binge watch six episodes of Park and Rec, or do you just want to zone out, do a crossword, and look at the map? Combination of the two, but yeah. I, I really do enjoy just looking at the map. Yeah, the map's great. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, what what's what's this? Uh, no no shade but what's this what's this funky glass thing that, that your ipads or that your laptop's on oh it's just to give it a little bit of height because mm-hmm. like with with the with the setup of kind of using my laptop as a second screen sometimes it, it it sits a little bit too low so i've got a little stand thing to kind of prop it up and is this logitech gaming keyboard what you use for your mac or is it just for the gaming pc that's just for the gaming pc okay yeah, yeah. interesting Oh, cool. Navigraph. Mm-hmm.